G'day guys, welcome back to another Crypto Catch-Up. I'm Ted and I'm joined by... Mr. Pav. This is becoming a bit of a regular occurrence, just me and you, Pav. What, what do you reckon? What's happened to Tommy? Look, uh, it is what it is. We're definitely value from the man's insights, but he's uh, a busy man to get a hold of. He is. He's currently in Queenstown shredding up that... Sweet Nana. Sweet, uh, mm, I think they call it Pow Pow. Pow Pow? Okay. Um, but uh, we're going to leave that one in. But yeah, he's tearing it up, but he uh, will hopefully be back next week to provide his very unique and valuable Irish insights. Mm. So I get keen for that one. But um, Pav, how you been? How was your weekend? Yeah, good, dude. What did we do? Just spent time with the family, kids swimming, barbecue, that sort of jazz. Mate, all the all the survive. dad activities. Well, mate, anything to survive? Ticking all the boxes. So they're out of the house, that so means they're out of my hair. So that's good. Beautiful. Love that. How about you, mate? Bit of golf again? No golf this weekend. I am looking to, you know, come out of retirement to hit another 60 at a par three. Jeez. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Really good scores. Yeah. But no, I was in, I was in Noosa this weekend. So just uh, enjoying the sun, enjoying the, the beach and the, the water. It was beautiful weather. So You're almost a Noosa permanent resident at this stage. That's, that's not true, but <laughs> I would, I would like to be, who knows, maybe next bull run. So we'll see how things go and, and we'll, me and you can buy a mansion in Noosa together. Let's go uh, down the road. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I can live with you permanently. Nah, but. can do it. Anyway. Anyway, what's this? A crypto podcast? Yep, I think so. Yeah, okay. What are your thoughts on the market? Whew, it's a tough one. We're pretty much just range bound, going sideways still. It's very frustrating to actually watch right now. There's far more better interesting things to be doing than watching the markets right now, which is quite a sad thing to say. We've just gone sideways again for another week. Mm. Very tight range. The weekly close, you know, even that didn't have too much in it. But if you did have to sort of pull, I guess, a, a bias out of it, it did close higher than the week we had two weeks ago. So that honestly doesn't mean too much at this point. We need to see something a bit more substantial to, I guess, have any sort of directional bias, in my opinion. If we were to sort of break up higher here, take out August high, which was sitting at about you know, 30 and some change. The US dollars would probably get a bit more excited, especially if we close and hold over. But I mean, at this stage, there's nothing stopping us from sliding all the way back down to like 28K, which I think a lot of people are sort of earmarking as the next level to watch. So look, we have got something this week that could break the levies and it'll come out before the podcast airs. So on the early hours of Thursday morning, about 4am, so I think it's be actually two hours before the podcast actually launches, there's the US FOMC meeting minutes and it's a, you know, oh, it's a ripping minutes, mate. It's usually just, you know, mate, full can, of all sorts of banter. I can see the excitement in your face oh. and, your, and hear it in your voice. But what it might do is actually give some sort of insights into the most recent rate hike that they did in the US, if there's any language of that was the last one, we're done. And we're looking at potentially pivoting now that the the economy is healed. That's the language every bulls will be wanting to hear. Alternately, if they turn around and say, nah, look, we've done a great job, but there's more that needs to be done, then I would say that's what could cause everything to just take a little bit of a tumble. All the people just going a bit risk off until that rate hike announcement gets more, I guess, formalized and gets priced into the market. So that's what I'm seeing. Bit of nothing source all across the board. Yeah, lots of strength in US dollar recently, which kind of made every sort of currency and you know, on-risk assets sort of take a pause or start to head down. So it will be interesting. We'll see what happens, mate. So that's my long answer as to how I feel about the market. Mate, that's a, it's a good answer. A lot of insight there. Why doesn't Jerome Powell just, or, you know, the US Federal Reserve just reduce interest rates and get the market pumping again? That's my question. 
We could. He just doesn't want to. What a dickhead. <laughs> Why don't you eat your vegetables, Ted? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, look, it's all a bit intricate and I understand how these, these things work. And I don't. These things take time. Well, obviously. You, you, Everyone pretends that they do. Yeah. Well, Me mate, included. mate, you're you're a better, you fake it till you make it, but you do a lot better the job than I do. So um, keep faking. But mate, you made an interesting point there about, you know, there's a lot more interesting things to do in the market than than being crypto right now. That may be the case for the time being, but um, you and I both know that these are the times where people, oh, yeah. where the smart people are accumulating, and you know, long term they're going to make the money as long as they they dish it off yeah, and they yeah. sell at the right time. I'll sort of take that back a little bit too, because if you did want to take the risk, there are some just low coin, low cap coins just absolutely running the gun. Like we'll run into the top movers a bit later, but there's been a few three-digit gains across mm. a couple of the altcoins as well. But I mean, they're very hard to catch. But I mean, the people that do catch them can get some pretty serious returns. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, so yeah, I think anyone who thinks market isn't really worth watching right now or, or they're not really interested right now, I would urge them to take a long-term view and it will likely pay off. Yeah, you would say that. Yeah, I would. But uh, we'll, mate, I'll, I'll see you in 12 months time and I'll be laughing from my yacht. Nice. No, I'm kidding. You, can, chat. you can come on my yacht. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, jokes. Uh, so yeah, I, I would just say stay, stay vigilant. You know, sexy. Yeah. Monitor the markets, listen to the podcast, make sure you keep up to date with news. You know, a lot of big news happening at the moment. It's interesting. Like so much big news has happened in the last sort of but that's, okay, three so to four months. This is what I talk about then. So yes, there's been a lot of big news, but then price has just gone sideways. If not, it's sort of gone down a little bit from these key news things. Yeah. So that's what makes me concerned. I mean, there's been points in time in the past where I'm sure there's been like great adoption stories, like let's just say Starbucks adopting crypto as a part mm. of their reward program or something like that. I guarantee if you look at when that actually was is at the top of a chart rather than a, before a big move up i could be wrong yeah. but um all i'm saying is yeah we've had the etf news we've had the paypal news yet we still continue to go sideways ripple yeah, sec rip, ripple sec that was huge google google yeah. play store changing yeah. its policy to allow people to buy sell on, on nfts but it's all good news it is but i guess the price action just shows that there's no excitement and there's a lack of interest currently in the market mm. particularly from a retail perspective like I'll provide a real world, world example. Our PR guy, Tom, approached a few people and asking if anyone has any mates who are currently positive about the market and, and looking forward to next five years in crypto and can we get an interview with them for a, a particular news publication? Mm-hmm. And I looked around at my friend circle and I was like, honestly, like there's no one. Yep. Like I think my mum and dad are still positive because <laughs> they want to look I drill it into them. And <laughs> it just, Ted, Ted's trying. Yeah, yeah. Trying to support Ted. <laughs> exactly. But in terms of my friends, like they're all, I mean, when you're not in, in it like us, like 24-7, you're just looking at the price and you're saying, oh, well, they've seen the FTX thing play out. They've seen Bitcoin go down. From an outsider looking in, it doesn't look great. But if you're in the market permanently, you understand that these big things will will make a, a positive impact in the long run. Yeah, I agree. And you could look back as well on to some of your points and say um, the best moments in history for sort of buying have been the periods of long inactivity. So I think it's if you look back, it, it is more times than not. But yeah, it's just let's hope that the next few weeks we start to see a bit more rubber on the road. I guess what I'd say to to all the listeners listening into this podcast is you're in it at the right time. You know, it may not be exciting now, but the fact that you're listening in, you're learning, you're keeping up to date means at, sure. at this point in time means you're on the right track. Like yep. you're in it before the whole retail market is. Yep. And that means you're in a good position. If you keep up to date, you make some smart investments and you'll likely go well as long as you remember to sell at the right time and, and not to you hold your bags as, until the cows come home. Yeah, all good things. 
let's look at some market movers while we're at it. So I guess main one for the last seven days has been Bluezell, BLZ. Couldn't really find any news to go along with that other than you know, as we spoke about, just a low cap, just catching a bit of a bid. So that one is up quite a bit. Thorchain Rune is up about 48% in the last seven days. So that's been pegged to potentially being just a bit more adoption. Their daily active user count is increasing quite a bit. So is the value locked in that network. Thorchain basically enables the transfer of assets across a lot of networks. That's going to be a pretty recurrent theme, I reckon, going into this next bull cycle. Like who does that the best and the safest and most reliably? They recently did launch uh, a new product called Stream Swapping, which essentially, to put it simply, lets you swap between different assets without having to wrap it. So it's a bit complicated, but instead of like Ethereum, people might be aware when you move it to your you know, if you move Bitcoin to an Ethereum wallet, you have to send it as wrap BTC because it's a smart contract version of the actual asset. Mm-hmm. ThorChain with the stream swapping will actually just let you trade from Ethereum straight into Bitcoin without having to turn it into some sort of intermediary derivative. So you don't have any sort of smart contract risk in that way. So that and their lending protocol has been getting a bit of traction as well because of that smart stream swapping that they've adopted. So yeah, all in all, just a bit more of a tech play from their end as to why they might be moving and just causing a bit more of their asset to be locked up. Um, I think right now it's also a bit of a deflationary mechanism on their asset as well. So that always works for everyone. So it's good to see. I'm pretty split at the moment, but I mean, if it sustains, I'd probably look into it a bit more. Me personally, probably looking more into optimism. Mm-hmm. But doesn't hurt to hedge your bets sometimes. For me, if the chart started to look good, I'd, I'd maybe get a bit more interested. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting to see. Comes the uh, perhaps the TA goat here at SwiftX. Look, other other top movers, we're seeing a bit of a meme coin narrative. So Pepe and Shib right up there within the top ten top movers. It's been moving pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I think a lot of it comes down to Shibarium, the uh, mm. the Shibarium ecosystem layer two network, which yep. is launching in a couple of weeks. Actually, yeah, it so, is. I think we've harped on about it a lot. Layer 2 is going to be a big narrative in the next bull run, particularly as Ethereum struggles to to scale effectively. So, yeah, a lot of Layer 2 is launching. Like, we'll touch on the Coinbase Layer 2 called Base later on. But the Shiba Inu one is interesting because I mm. guess it takes it out of that meme coin category that, I mean, it will always be a meme coin, but it, it does provide that utility to it. And it's also got the decentralized exchange aspect to it. The Shiba Swap, which is the DEX, hasn't had like a huge uptake. I guess in bear market, you wouldn't really expect that to. But it'll be interesting to see how the the Shibarium Layer 2 network goes, particularly with like Layer 2s just keep on going from strength to strength. Like the activity is just bang, like up and to the yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah, I think let's wait and see the proof is in the pudding. But yeah, I think like we'll cover it in the podcast for sure. But two things you could look at as someone who's speculating is is the value locked in the network growing? So is there more value in that ecosystem? Is the yep. daily active count going up? And things like ShibaSwap, like if that's their swap protocol and there's no other ones that are super mainstream, mm. you'd want to see the volumes increasing up and to the right. So if that's yeah. not happening, there's not adoption. Yeah, at this point, most of the SHIB that exists in the world is stuck on you know large exchanges, crypto.com, Binance, yep. Yep. you name it. So it just goes to show you that there's a lot of retail uptake there but not a huge, huge adoption of their, you know, ecosystem assets mm-hmm. like the, the ShibaSwap exchange. And so, yeah, one to keep an eye out for, the layer two, but we'll keep you updated and, and make sure you're, you're all in sync. That's it. Other market news we have is Bitcoin ETF. So we promised we'd keep everyone up to date with this one as the state of play changed. So just as a recap, the big play that everyone's hearing about in the new space right now is BlackRock, the iShares Bitcoin Trust product. 
But Kathy Wood, famous for calling a million dollar Bitcoin, her company, Arc, or CEO, sorry, not just her company specifically, Arc Invest, they actually were first cab off the ranks. So they were supposed to get some feedback essentially on Friday last week, being Tuesday today, just the status of their application. Mm-hmm. SEC is essentially just deferred. So there's no update. It's been postponed. As to be expected, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you had to speculate, yeah. So the next big date really across the board for the next decision point for ETFs is the 1st of September. So that will be the Bitwise Bitcoin Trust ETF. And then the 2nd of September is BlackRock's iShares Trust product. So that's the biggie. That's the biggie. That's the guys that are, uh, you know, talking to all the right people. They've probably got the biggest voice since they are have the most total value sort of under management in the world globally. So we'll see what happens there. And then like we spoke about, I think previously, like the final decision date for all of these ETFs sort of does revolve pretty close to that Bitcoin halvening date. So about the 15th of March. So it's all lining up, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's all a simulation. Mate, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, Just on that. So Kathy would initially said that her ETF was going to be the first to be approved. Yeah. She's actually changed her tune on that. And she? she's basically saying now that it's likely that all the ETFs will be approved at once. So yeah, that includes your BlackRock, your Grayscale. So uh, if that's the case, massively bullish news. So yeah, like you said, mate, that March, April, May period where the Bitcoin halving, the final decision on these ETFs, mate, that's yep. going to be, I think- That'll be our most listened to podcast around those times. Well, so I hope so. Well, <laughs> if, if we make it till <laughs> if then. If we make it till then, that's right. Yeah. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Still like, <laughs> what, six, seven months away? Even longer? Uh, but yeah, there's some other news to look forward to a bit sooner. The, tell me more about this base chain, Ted. Look, we said layer two's a big narrative clearly at the moment and probably in the next bull run. Coinbase has seen the opportunity and we've talked about it. They launched their own layer two network launching Optimism's tech stack. It's called Base and it's to basically build hype and, you know, marketing around its launch. They've launched this thing called On-Chain Summer, which is like a 30-day marketing campaign where basically they're releasing collaborative NFTs um, each day of August. And I think the big one to call out there is they've partnered with Coca-Cola to release a set of NFTs called Masterpiece. And the collection features classic and modern artworks intertwined with Coca-Cola bottles. So, I mean, like- Are you stepping over your grandma to get one of these? Or what's going on? <laughs> look, look, I think uh, the whole mainstream brands dive into NFTs. Like, Weird. it's just, it's not like people who are getting amongst these and, and you know, it's, it shows that they're interacting and engaging with this stuff, but it doesn't really show like huge adoption of Web3. But look, it is something. It is something. And I think the NFT space represents a small portion of the entire crypto or blockchain yeah. sector in itself. Yep. So it's not like the biggest news in the world that Coca-Cola is in. They're not the first company to do it and they won't be the last. But it just goes to show that they are looking to dip their toe in it in some aspects, see how it performs. And then I guess that will um, give them some indication on, on where they should lead in this direction in the future. Mm-hmm. But yeah, base has basically like taken off since launching. Like It's the fastest growing layer two network. Yeah. We talked about the bald hack or bald rug pull. Bald ruggy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely got my eyes on it. it. It's a bit hard to get to your assets there at the moment. You do have to do a bit of an, a bit of a network bridge, so not the easiest way to get there. But, I mean, arguably, if the doors are harder to get through, this probably offers probably some good opportunities there if, if there's some fundamentally good projects in there. So Yeah, yeah interesting. I think when it comes to Layer 2's optimism, like the most spotlight is on optimism at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Particularly around this Coinbase base launch. Arbitrum is still the biggest 
layer two network by total value locked yep. and a number of, number of other metrics, but it seems, seems quite, like- Quite far ahead too. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it's recently it had like 65% yeah. of all total value locked on layer twos. Yeah. But look, optimism seems to be the one that people are focusing on right now. That's not to say like optimism is a great project and, and I think it will do well in the future, but like don't lose track of Arbitrum and what they're doing because- yep. They won't be going away. It's just for the time being the optimism. Yeah, I would say if you're trying to track these bad boys, definitely keep an eye on their roadmaps and their blogs and their Twitters and stuff like that. I would say for those people that haven't been watching, something like Optimism, they had announced their Bedrock upgrade, which was a massive infrastructure upgrade to them. Faster transactions, 90% cheaper as well. So I would say you could expect a similar sort of upgrade potentially coming down the line from Arbitrum just to try and, again, just keep edging ahead to be the uh, the best layer two option, the mainstream option, I guess. Just on layer twos, mm. I know we <laughs> today's word is layer two. It's layer two day. Yeah, we're gonna say it a lot. Got two layers of clothing on too, so it's pretty fitting. Hey, well done. Yeah, well done. I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's always a good day when I'm dressed. <laughs> yeah, you put some effort in today. I'm, yeah. I'm proud of you, Pav. Thanks, mate. But Ethereum's releasing another upgrade called I think it's EIP four eight double four. Ah, mate, I don't know the numbers. You can never I, keep track. I of didn't them. didn't catch this one. What's uh, this one? Essentially, it's number upgrade that's going to reduce the the fees on layer two networks okay and so basically that i think it's like storing different code on these layer two networks and that's mm. like currently the biggest cost incurred by these layer twos yep and apparently this new ethereum upgrade is going to reduce that cost by 99 or roughly around that percent it's a decent percent so it just really goes to show like these it's just another you know what would you call it uh, it's almost, I don't know, like it's the actual Ethereum chain backing this layer two scaling, right? They know that it needs to happen and they're supporting yeah. them. Like, yeah. That's good to see. It's just another positive yeah. story in this whole narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep an eye on, the, on this sector of the crypto market. We will be covering it in a Learn article, a Learn Analysis Hub article later yeah. this week. So you can catch that if you're a SwiftX user in your email on Thursday or Friday, and then also on the Analysis Hub in, in SwiftX Learn. So yeah, it's going to be a ripper. Keep an eye out for that one. I mean, other than that, I found some interesting news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farmville. Did you ever play it? I never played Farmville. I wasn't, I wasn't really into that, but yeah, I know it was where I show my age. This is where it comes through. Look, I, I was aware was of it, but I'd never played it. Yeah, it was a huge um, way to waste your time as an adult back in the day, just as, you know, smartphones were taken off. Everyone was collecting their strawberries. Essentially, Zenga, massive studio at the end of the day, not so much about Farmville, but they're basically building up the lead up to launching their first Web3 game. So, Sugartown. So, I'll give it a crack. I'll report back to everyone once it's launched, how it goes. If it's any good, I'll do my own little review. Mm-hmm. But um, again, we're talking adoption. Like these guys don't muck around. They're looking for ROI. They're a huge company, Zenga. So, if they're coming, I'd, I'd sort of expect people like sort of King as well to probably come to the space as well. You know, mm-hmm. people that did, was it Clash of Clans and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, We'll see what else comes with these guys mentioning the drop of their first NFT game. But um, what do you think of that? 290 million active users I'm seeing here. Yeah, it's huge. Mate, that's nuts. That's massive, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's not in, in Zenga Town. That's that's just- uh, But that's their influence or what their products, like who, yeah. who comes in and consumes their stuff. So, yeah, 290 million active users at the moment. Sorry, I said Zenga Town. I meant Sugar Town. <laughs> it's a cool, it'd be a cool town name. Yeah, mate. That is massive influence. I mean, that's like almost up there with PayPal's Correct. active user base, which we discussed last week. Absolutely. So yeah, these brands with huge, huge influence are coming into the space and, and really trying to take over that market share, aren't they? They are. Was Fun Wheel a Facebook game? Yeah, it was a Facebook game. Yeah. yeah. Was it a mobile app as well? Could have been, but you basically jumped on Facebook to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So that's what you were doing in your in your heyday. <laughs> yep. 
Cool. Instead of going to uni, I was collecting strawberries. I had a spreadsheet, like what was the most efficient way to get the most yields. <laughs> <laughs> Could you make- Does that surprise you at all? It doesn't. Nah. Could you make money from this game at all? Nah. Okay. Just bragging at the pub. So how do you make money from this sugar town? I don't know. We'll find out. If it's anything NFT. like the other yeah, space, yeah, you probably do something, get an NFT for your play efforts and then sell it on a marketplace. I'm sure they'll launch a token and play to earn. Yeah, It'll be absolutely. Like Infinity. It should be. Yeah, interesting. Bit of a change of pace here, Pav. I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite crypto conspiracy? Because I've got one that I'd like to share that I that I heard recently. Uh, how about you go first and I'll think about it. Mate, I know what you want to say. Come no, on. Don't. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. My favorite crypto conspiracy. Yeah. The one you shared with me recently. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. So I'm of the opinion all of this NFT adoption play, right? NFT. I said NFT, didn't I? There's a sleep deprivation there. Yeah, that, that's the little snippet for everyone. <laughs> um, all of this ETF and adoption story stuff happening in the bear market, like amazing news. Mm. Probably the greatest narrative that we've had in a long, long time. So uh, I guess my conspiracy is everyone that has the money is just fill their bags and they're trying to get every single person, their their grandma, their mom, their dad to basically look to buy crypto. But um, as we've seen so much in the past, everyone seems to buy the top. So yeah, it's just setting up a massive pump and dump and crypto will just do what it always does. It'll go up, you know, six to eight X and then fall away back down to yeah. back down 80%. So, so you're um, saying by the time that, you know, the majority of the market gets in, yep. it's already too it's late. It's too late. Well, mate, it. Yeah. But they won't be listening right now. Yeah. So that's the caveat to that. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to call out that like it's great news with all these huge investment managers getting to crypto, but you got to also understand that these People aren't your friends. They need exit liquidity. You yeah. know, everyone bags them out for manipulating the current stock market. You yeah. think that's going to change if they come to crypto? Absolutely not. Yeah. They're going to do what's best for them mm-hmm. and they're going to maximize their return in crypto. Yeah. And so you can use this to your advantage, but you've also got to be careful. You've got to understand that these guys will run the market. And when they decide it's time to get out, it's time to get out. So make sure. Oh, Larry Fink doesn't care about you and your no, he doesn't. Your car loan that you're trying to pay off. CEO so. of, of BlackRock, Larry Fink, does yep. not care about you. Yeah. So make sure you have an exit plan. But as we said before, if you're in it now, you're in a fantastic opportunity to take advantage of this next bull run. Yep. But have a plan. Don't, right. don't think it's going to go to the moon and you're going to be a trillionaire yeah. by the end of 2025. I'd say if you get to one year after the halving and everyone's talking about how we're still going to keep going, like that would be a concern because it's yeah. always historically one year after the halving date. That's- you look at most charts, so don't have to believe me, go look for yourself. It generally tends to be like the pivotal point in the market where it falls away. So Yeah. And that's not to say like pull everything out, but yeah, just like you dollar cost average in. Correct. It's also a good idea to dollar cost average out. That's right. Okay. So you want to hear my my conspiracy yeah, theory? I can't claim this is my own because I heard this YouTuber. You claim it. No one's going to get you. <laughs> you should have even said that. You should have just run with it. I know. Well, mate, I'll tell you who it's from. It's from okay. a YouTuber called Altcoin Daily. Okay. Look, they've had a little bit of a, an up and down run with calling out previous cryptocurrencies where they've been burnt. So they've had some heat in the past, but this one was an interesting one. Like he's had, mm-hmm. you know, huge guests on his YouTube channel, the likes of Mark Cuban, Michael Saylor, you know, huge names in the space. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously got a little bit of intel within inside the industry. Right. Now he thinks, or he's heard from some big industry players okay. that Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, the infamous SBF, <laughs> infamous, yep. who's now currently in jail, yep. was the one to start and found Shiba Inu. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that what the, that's what he was saying? That's what he was saying. And he's, he said he heard it from some, some big dogs within the industry. And this is how he justified it. 
Think about it. Shiba Inu launched off the back of Dogecoin and it started to get traction. But before you knew it, it was already getting listed on major exchanges like Binance and Coinbase. How is a shitcoin like this already getting listed? Because SBF knows the intricacies of the exchange listing process of these major exchanges. He's obviously got, you know, he wasn't doing it, but he obviously knew people who had connections to these exchanges. The other aspect of it is... I don't know if you guys remember, but when they first started, they sent like a billion dollars in SHIB tokens to Vitalik yeah, Buterin's wallet. His wallet, yeah. The founder of Ethereum. Mm-hmm. And essentially, this was just a marketing play and it, you know, the news cycle was going nuts over this and and everyone was talking about Shiba Inu and the fact that, you know, they're so generous they gave to Vitalik, you know. It was just, it was all part of the plan. And so, yeah, like there's no way of verifying this. I don't think we'll ever get the actual answer. But look, it's an interesting conspiracy theory. I love conspiracy theory. I don't know about you. Well, mate, you've brought it up. You definitely wanted to air this out. Yeah. You want a, you want a bit of feedback from the people, do you? You know the conspiracy theory about the moon? Uh, it's made of cheese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, that's more confirmed these days, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's true. Yeah. Anyway, let us know what you think of that one. I think it's it's a little fun one. But uh, I don't think SBF's doing too well from from recent headlines I've checked out. No, nah, I heard there's no cucumbers in jail. Sorry, what? Isn't he a vegan or something? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that could have gone two ways. Yeah. I've now seen the error of my ways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please, please, please keep that in. That, that's kept that's in. awesome. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't think he's doing too well. But uh, hey, that's what happens when you, you launch the world's biggest Ponzi scheme. That's and it. ruin millions of people anyway we're getting a little bit sidetracked i reckon we should uh, leave it there pav what do you reckon yeah getting sleepy let's let's wrap it mate you're always sleepy yeah i am <laughs> all right cool thanks guys thank you catch you next week hopefully tommy's in and yep. uh we'll see you then and hopefully we've got something to talk about in the market cheers guys see ya Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 